Thank you, Ben, and good morning, church family. Good morning, friends. Welcome to Community Grace. I see some new faces out here today, and that is exciting. I want to begin today with a story from the world of hockey. I have a daughter that's into hockey right now, so there's a lot of hockey going on in our house right now. Right there. All right, so this is a great story about community. So pay attention to this. It's a true story. In 1997 and 98 season, the Washington Capitals were one of the hottest hockey teams on ice, skating their way all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. By the 1999 season, they had fallen into disaster with one of the worst records in the NHL. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. The relationships were terrible. Just before Christmas, the team embarked on a late-night, seven-hour flight from Vancouver, and they did what they typically do on a long flight. They popped in a video to pass the time to unwind, to lick their wounds from another loss. That's when the unexpected happened. The VCR broke. And so the plane, as the plane winged its way through the evening sky, one by one, the players started talking with each other. They talked strategy, obstacles, key plays. Out of necessity, they rediscovered the ancient art of conversation. By the time the plane touched down, the Capitals had picked apart their game, heard from each other, and everyone knew what needed to be done. In the weeks that followed, they became virtually unstoppable, going on an 11-game winning streak. Team goaltender Olaf Koltzig reflected, maybe it was fate the VCR didn't work. It gave us the chance to roam about the plane and talk to each other, a good way to clear the air. The team went 12-2-3 after the broken VCR incident. That is a powerful story about the importance of community, and that's a big part of our time together today. Today is an exciting opportunity to give you some updates about how we're, how we're doing as a church family and the vision that God has put before us uh, in this season of our life. It's also a desperately needed call to community. Let's consider this culture in which we live. We are living in a time now that the average American family manages 35 relationships every day, like from children, extended family, neighbors, church, school, friends, work, government, store employees, landlords, telemarketers. This phenomenon is, is called crowded loneliness. Then uh, we're in a desperate need for relationships, for community, but we're too busy and spread too thin to actually maintain relationships. Then came social media in the last 14 years, which made this much worse, promising connection but delivering detachment and distan dis distancing us from each other. Also fueling comparison, contempt, and FOMO. Does everybody know what FOMO is? The fear of missing out. That's a real thing. So we have crowded loneliness. We idolize busyness. And then we are detached in solitary confinement of digital relationships. These are the realities of our time. What does God say about relationships, about community? He says that discipleship only happens in community. Healthy growth only happens in community. It requires participation and support of a community. So Jesus gave his church as a forerunner to his coming kingdom to be a church as a family, a bonded community in which to thrive and grow. But even today's churches remain dangerously fragmented. 
except for those churches who proactively, biblically pursue, prioritize maturing as family. So welcome to Community Grace, which is attempting to do that very thing. And today is an update on how that's going. First, let me make sure that everybody's got bulletins, sermon notes. If you didn't get those as you came in, I would love for everybody to have those. Raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. I love that they do that. It's very helpful. On the screen here, you see three pictures. Let me just tell you the story. We created a vision team here at Community Grace in the end of 2021, uh, the end of 2020, and we spent the entire year of 2021 prayerfully meeting together all year, prayerfully examining scriptures, working on creating a vision for Community Grace, for the future of where God would have this church. Okay? We met every, every month. We prayed. We researched our DNA, who we are as a church, our history, our community, the needs of our community, the assets we have, uh, and we studied Scripture. In 2022, if you were here in January, then you might remember. I know I don't remember what was preached last week, and I preached it. But, no, I do remember, kind of. Um, if you can remember back in January, we called 2022 at the outset of the year. This is the year of implementing the vision. And today we get an update on how that's going and how God is working through community grace. So in your bulletins, there's in one of the back sides, you see two black boxes that contain our mission statement and vision statement. Our mission statement is essentially the Great Commission. It's what all church mission statements should be. It is we exist to glorify God by being Christ followers who make Christ followers. A vision statement is if we are successful and faithful in our mission, what is it going to look like? And we declared this in three statements that we will be a church family that is worshiping the king, maturing as family, and engaging the world. And through this, we seek God's vision for the future of our church. These three statements are easily repeatable. They're easy to rally around, to organize around, and there is a lifetime to unpack in each of the three. So today, we pause from our Gospel Seeds sermon series that we've been involved in the last four weeks. We have two weeks left to go on that. We pause on that today to update you, our church family and friends, on our vision, on the status of our 25 goals for 2022, and then to launch our small group year. Plus, there is a deeper biblical connection between what we've been studying these last four weeks in gospel seeds and where we are in this season of our church life. There's a biblical connection that's deeper. See, the gospel seed series, if you haven't been around these last four weeks, is about evangelism. And that is to tell, about the mission that Jesus gave us, to tell everyone about the good news of salvation that's found only in him. And we call that, that is called evangelism, to tell the good news, the gospel. That's what that means. That's what we've been talking about. But as we examine scriptures, we examine the unfolding of the New Testament, we see that Jesus gave that mission, and then that flows into maturing as family. Let me explain. This is point number one on your notes, if you're keeping notes. You'll see from gospel seeds, which is evangelizing, Two, maturing as family, which is a, a new word for probably most of you. It's my spell check on word didn't like this at all. Congregationalizing. If you're keeping notes, all you have to do is write the word congregation in the blank. And there it is. 
Let's talk about what in the world this is. Here's the, con- the connection as the New Testament unfolds. At the end of Jesus' time on earth, God in the flesh walking on earth as one of us to show us how to live, to model for us how to live in all ways, and then to die for our sins, rise from the dead and conquer sin and death itself, and give that salvation to all who call on his name. As he was finishing his time on earth, he stood before his followers and he uttered the Great Commission, and that's recorded by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four gospel accounts and the book of Acts. He was leaving this mission for every person who will ever follow him and every church that will ever follow him and meet in his name, including us. He said these words, these are our mission as Christ's followers and as churches. Here's Matthew's account, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. Yes, he is the king of kings. Go, therefore, my people, my followers, and make disciples, other followers of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And that is the commission from our Lord Jesus Christ that fuels every evangelism, outreach, missional activity, mission work, acts of service, love that we show our fellow humans as we get out in our lives. This is for every believer. Every, it doesn't matter how old or young, what your life stage is. So we've got kids in this room. I see some kids in this room. This is for you. We've got grace students. This is for you, college and seminary, students of all ages, people that are in their prime of their work lives, people that are married and single, grandparents, retirees, empty nesters. This is for everyone. That's the commission for everyone. But here's the thing that sometimes we miss. When Jesus stood and gave this commission to his followers and to all followers that will ever come, including us, he gave that commission. And what happens next in the book of Acts That's the Acts of the Apostles is what that is. That's the book that comes after the gospel accounts of Jesus' life. And then what's recorded and written in the the epistles, that's the rest of the books of the New Testament, shows us, that all shows us how Jesus' followers then understood the Great Commission. The way they understood it was not that evangelizing is ever a means to an end, and that's the only part of our mission, to leave out individuals that come to Christ on their own. No, it was to congregationalize. What is that? Church planting expert Ed Stetzer uses this word as he explains this. He says, our goal is not to just meet and evangelize. We must congregationalize. The Great Commission is not just a call to make disciples, but to baptize. In Acts and elsewhere, it is clear that baptism means incorporation into a worshiping community with accountability and boundaries. And he is exactly right. This is the flow of the, of the New Testament. The story of the life, person, and works of Jesus Christ, the proclamation of that good news, and then the gathering and the community of everyone who believes. So they can, in turn, be on a mission to engage the world. Without community... Listen, brothers and sisters, friends, without community, we fragment the great commission of Jesus, our Lord, and his design of his body, his church. Well, what is Jesus' design for his people? 
his body, his church. On your notes, you see, I've divided this in two parts. Part A is that spiritual maturity is the goal for our lives. And then part B will be that church family is the setting. Part A, spiritual maturity is the goal. Hundreds of texts in Scripture proclaim this, say this, explain this, that the goal for us, the the reason Jesus has saved us is so that we will grow to become like who? Like Jesus, who's perfect in every way. This is spiritual maturity, and that is the goal of every follower of Jesus. Let's just look at one of the dozens and dozens of texts that we could look at here. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. This happens to be Lakeland Christian Academy's theme verse for the year. So you see it around. That's the school that meets on our campus. You see it all around the campus. Meditate on this with me. Paul writes, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, teachers, the, the leadership, different, this is Jesus, gave the church these different leadership gifts. Why? To equip the saints. We're all saints clothed in Christ's righteousness, made holy by his sacrifice, not by anything that we've done, to equip all of us, all of the saints, for the work of the ministry. And so we're all needed for the ministry. For what purpose? To what end? For the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. To how, how mature? To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There's the goal for your life and for mine, that we will become more like Jesus in every situation that we face, in every decision, in every ethical thing that we're wrestling with, in every worldview. The maturity of the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. So the Bible identifies and speaks openly about the process of becoming more like Jesus in the same terms as our natural human development. How does a, how does a human begin naturally in this world? Um, we're born. We don't exist, and then we exist. We're born, and Jesus says this is being born again, and that you must be born again spiritually. But are you automatically mature? No, you're not. Uh, I love when I meet somebody who's just trusted Christ, and, and they say, now what? How now shall I live? There's so much to learn. So the Bible says, long for the pure spiritual milk of the word, just like a baby. But it doesn't say stay there. Then we want to be a, a, a child who's not just dependent on milk anymore. But then we want to leave our childish ways and become a man, become a, an adult. This is a graphic from our small group leader toolkit. You don't have to read all that right now. Just notice the progression. This, these are the Bible's terms. We're born again as an infant, and then we become a child, but then we don't want to stay there. A child is characterized by just wanting my own way all the time. You grow from that, and then you become a young adult, which looks at the world and tries to meet their needs, is interested in meeting their needs, not just mine, all the way to a spiritual parent, where now you're making disciples, choosing to make disciples and pour into others, and that's you're involved in leadership, spiritual leadership. And we become more and more like Jesus, and that's God's plan for our life. Spiritual maturity all the way to Christ-likeness in every way is the goal. But now, that's, that's Jesus' design. But the second part is equally as important, and that is spiritual maturity is the goal. Church family is the setting. And it must be. We are Jesus' disciples, his followers, and we are his family. 
See how strongly Jesus identifies us as his family in Mark chapter 3, verses 31 through 35, which say, In his, that's Jesus' mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Hey, Jesus, your mother and brothers are outside seeking you. And look at Jesus' answer. He answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and brothers. Whoa. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. And we are a family. 1 John 3.1 says this, See what kind of love the Father has given us. You may have had a great father in this world. You may have had a terrible father in this world. But if you come to Jesus, through Jesus, to the eternal father, you have a perfect heavenly father who is love, who is the source of love, and with you always. He's our father. That we should be called children of God, and so we are. It's an amazing thing. All who come to God through faith in Jesus. This is you. This is me. This is us. We're a family. And the local church, according to the New Testament, the local church, like Warsaw Community Grace Brethren Church, the local church is the family, the local family in which we live out all of the Bible's principles and lessons and activities in fellowship, in love, on a mission. This is it. But, fellow rugged Americans, acknowledge our tendency towards independence, especially in this culture. Not every culture is like ours. But Proverbs 18.1 says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. It is natural. It is the epitome of human nature to want independence from God, from others. I can do it. But that is not God's plan. That is not God's design for your life. That is not remotely how you find God's best for your life. No, you and I, we need the daily, every day, the daily input and encouragement and admonishment and wisdom and support of other people in community that are committed to each other. Besides God himself, what boys need the most are men who will be brothers in their life and fathers in their life, spiritual brothers and fathers who will walk with them through life. Girls, you need the same thing. Sisters and mothers, spiritual mothers, who walk with them through this upside-down world. This is Titus 1 and Titus 2, given a blueprint for the church in in those very relationships. Jesus taught that biological family comes from birth, spiritual family comes by rebirth. Jesus taught that Biological family is by blood. Spiritual family is by his blood. And Jesus taught that blood makes you related, but love makes you family. Listen to his words in John 13, 34, and 35. A new commandment I give you, Jesus says, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. And by, all, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Above all else, this is the characteristic of this family. Now, after Jesus ascended into heaven then, 
Where does this congregationalized thing come in? The book of Acts, also called Acts of the Epistles, of the Apostles, it's a history book of the first Christian churches. And it describes how those, those first disciples interpreted the Great Commission and what they did with it. And as we read through the marvelous book of Acts, we see what Jesus' intention for his church looks like. And now the question for all churches, for all of time, including this one here, is can we embrace this vision, this biblical vision, together? I'm just going to read a few excerpts from Acts chapter 2 and chapter 4. Can we embrace this vision together for our lives? Right here. Acts 2, 42 and 46 through 47. And they devoted... That's a big word. Devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is now the finished word of God. Devoted themselves to it and the fellowship and to breaking of bread and the prayers. And day by day they attended the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people in the community. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Can we embrace this vision for God's, for Jesus' church? And then in chapter 4, verses 31 through 33, we see in when they had prayed, the place, we see every prayer meeting, every corporate prayer meeting in the book of Acts is followed by some great miracle. The place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. No one said that any of the things belonged to him was his own. They chose to be entirely generous. They had everything in common, and that led to verse 33. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. This is a picture of the Holy Spirit's transformation as a, as a people in community. A church as a family. And so here's a vision for a church living this way today in Warsaw, Indiana. Maturing as family. A vision for that would look like this. Small groups are devoted and delight in studying the word of God together. It's what we get together to do. It's the foundation of our relationships Beyond that, praying together. We're delighted in praying together, breaking bread together, fellowshipping together. Small groups care for each other like never before. Small groups are on Jesus' mission to plant and water gospel seeds out in the community in our lives like never before. Ministry teams that we have here, and there's several of them, they partner with each other deeply, supportively, in love on their mission, on their ministry. We become dear friends. We open our homes to each other and our hearts to each other and belongings to each other. Our deacon fund and community funds care for the financial needs that are brought to us. And those funds and people that run them are doing a great job with that. We share our hearts, our passions, our possessions. We stay. We embrace pain and the mess. And we grow and we mature together. We disciple each other with an open Bible how it speaks into every part of our lives. Open schedules, giving priority of time, and then open lives. We're going to talk just a minute. I'm going to go through how it's been going in this year of implementing the vision. But before I start that, let me just 
say that just like your earthly family, there is no such thing as a perfect church family. If you're still searching one, just give up. There's no such thing as a perfect church family. Just like our mission is messy, so our community is messy. It's just like the porcupine's dilemma. Which reminds me, uh, have you ever heard, how do porcupines procreate? Very carefully. All right, that's not my point. My point is, the porcupine's dilemma is that when you get close, you can get hurt. And that is true. That's our dilemma too. But this community is a beautiful thing to be a part of with Jesus in the center of it. As a follower of Jesus, you must be part of it. The church is God's plan A and there is no plan B. One of my uh, favorite quotes is, there is no, nothing in the world like the local church when the local church is functioning as it should. There's nothing in the world like this right here. God is blessing us with health, community grace. And so let's take now a little bit of time, the rest of our time here, to update us all on how it's going and what lies ahead in this Vision Update Week. Point number two on your notes, updates on 2022, the year of implementing the vision. Now again, vision is the bridge between the present time and the future that God is leading us to. Back in January, we established this as we looked ahead to 2022. We have a couple updates. First, updates on milestones that we set back in January. There were two big milestones. One was that by the summertime, we would have our our branding or our icons finished, our graphics that we would use to visualize our vision statements. And those have been designed, and I want to thank you for everybody that was involved in that. These pictures will now be on everywhere. Uh, It's called ubiquitous. You're going to see them everywhere on on letterhead, on the bulletins, on on everything on the internet, online. How about on swag? We need to buy some hats, stuff like that, some T-shirts. I mean, we already have T-shirts. We have cool T-shirts. And the, uh, the idea for visualizing is so that we can see what the unseen that we want to be seen is all about. And so you're going to start seeing that all over the place, and I'm just so grateful for that. So that milestone was hit, and you're going to see more and more of that. Number two, then, we identified that small groups are the key to living out our mission and vision statements in community as the church family. There is so much to the Christian life that you cannot do sitting on Sunday morning shoulder to shoulder looking the same direction. And so all of those things we do in our small groups, and we're committed to those and so appreciative to the leaders who are leading the small groups. We have a small group leader training later today, and they will be trained to shepherd you well. And the reason we're so grateful is because we know that through their sticking their necks out for the group that meets with with them, We know that people are in relationship in the church, and there couldn't be anything more important, more valuable. That's why this sermon is at this season, so that everybody will get connected to the church family. So again, I know that Sean in the announcement time had you pass down the little slips, the small group sign-up slips, if you sit on the middle aisles. If you missed that announcement and there's still a stack of them there, would you pass those down the rows? Or if you want to see that list of small groups and sign up, 
uh, just find one laying around afterwards and drop it in the, one of the offering boxes. Groups uh, kick off in another two weeks from now, so there is time for us to connect everyone. Uh, follow the instructions on that slip to get connected. Then we're going to kick off uh, the fall series, which is through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, one of the most amazing texts, powerful texts, Matthew chapters 5 through 7. It's, that series is called Kingdom Come, and that will include the sermons, the small groups, and the youth and kids ministries. We'll all do the same thing in the fall as we've been doing these last couple of years with great momentum, and, and it's fantastic. So we look forward to that, and now's the time to start getting connected over these next two, three weeks. Let me give you updates on the 25 goals for 2022. Vision, having a vision and and having any chance to meet it requires goals. Goals are simply the vision broken into pieces that can be measured. And so this vision team, comprised of our staff and elders, worked very hard on coming up with 25 goals that are measurable, that we can press towards throughout the year. And here we are in August ready to give an update on how this has been going. Be ready, be alert, everybody wake up. I'm going to go through these pretty quick. There's 25, 27 of them, as you'll see. These have been fantastic, and every effort from you throughout the course of this year has been appreciated. It's been God-glorifying. Praise God. Now we're going to celebrate some of this stuff, get an update, and see where we're going. As I go through these 25, get your pens ready if you have those in your notes, and write down the numbers of the goals that you can be connected to, that you can contribute to. Okay, here we go. Let me take a drink of water before I do this. 25 goals for 2022. How how has God been working through us? Number one, average over 300 in worship services. That is simply a growth goal because healthy things grow. Number two, grow regular prayer meetings by dozens of prayer warriors. We've had... Lots of different people come in and out of our Wednesday night prayer hours. Please set a goal to come to one of those uh, in, the, in the rest of the year, those Wednesday night prayer meetings. Three, celebrate 30 salvations and baptisms. We're up to about between six and eight of each of those this year. I just want to say praise God for that. Just praise God. We're celebrating with the angels in heaven every time somebody comes to Christ. Number four, hold three concerts of prayer with 100-plus attending. At Easter, we fell just short of that goal. I just want to say, come to the Christmas concert of prayer. Uh, you won't be uh, disappointed. You can't be disappointed to come and pray with a church family. Number five, observe annual churchwide day of prayer and fasting. That has now been scheduled for October 14th and 15th. If you have your sermon notes and you flip them onto the backside, you'll see these dates of the, of the all-church events for the rest of the year listed on those. And... We'll talk much more about that, but we have some great things planned for the day of prayer. And to our king, the first was in June. It was wonderful. Come to the next one. That's October 21st. Seven, every attender challenged to give, serve, and connect in discipleship relationships. And number eight, see every member equip someone else to do what they do for Jesus. You see those? Those are a little harder to track and measure. But you notice that key word is every, every one of us doing these things, these biblical things for Jesus. 
Number nine, launch new family ministry structure and the legacy path. Our youth director, Sean Mason, has taken this as part of his own pastoral personal development and is doing a great job with that. So what that is, he rolled this out at our last business meeting, and you're going to see a lot more of it in December and then in 2023. We're organizing our family ministries and our age groups around six milestones from birth of a new baby all the way to grandparenting and everything in between And that's very exciting to see the unity develop in that whole structure. That's going to serve our church extremely well in our family life. Number 10, revitalize children's ministry to connect better with families. We've taken some huge steps. Just a couple weeks ago, our children's ministry rebranded, and you heard Heather uh, Faust, our children's ministry director, explain Wednesday night ministry is now called Launch, Sunday's Discover. And it's exciting the vision that we have for our children's ministry right now as it grows and develops. Number 11, Revamp our college career young adult ministry, which has, is in the bulletin and was announced today, our big initial kickoff September 23rd with a gathering to pray and brainstorm. So if you're 30 or under, please take advantage of that. Number 12, connect every high school senior and grad in the church family. Two weeks ago, Sean rolled out the Adopt-A-Grad program, and I just want to celebrate that all of our graduates from high school from last year and every senior in high school this year have been connected with a man or a woman or two in the church family for discipleship. Can we just say praise God for that? God's still with me? All right. Number 13, all leaders engaged in some form of continuing education. Some are already engaged. Some are considering what their next A personal development is, but it is a blessing to have leaders who are growing and stimulated. Number four, hire the highest character and competency executive pastor that fits the chemistry and vision of our team. And this is a huge one for the church. This is a a massive one, and we're looking forward to it. Our great consultant, Ed Short, uh, has and the elders are just about to launch the official search. Ed says that it's about a four- to five-month process, so that gives you a bit of a timeline what we're looking at here. The screening team is being assembled right now, and our church is ready to explode under that uh, additional leadership. Number 15, this one's for longer-term future, develop pastoral training and residency programs. This needs to be in our DNA as we have a culture of discipleship. We have Grace College students, seminary students, grads, uh, people uh, who have retired and looking for a, a, maybe a career in, in the ministry. And how about a couple, a few weeks ago during our youth service, when those young men stood up here, those high schoolers, and said, I believe God might be calling me to a, life, a career in ministry, and I'm pursuing that right now. This is great. And so we're going to develop this. Um, it won't be launched in 2022, but we're preparing an informal gathering to get that started. Goals for engaging the world. This one, number 16, probably has the most publicity and the most excitement. It has launched 10 all-church grace in action events. We're at 8, and we have 9 scheduled, and we still need an idea for number 10. Just if you remember, this is when we put on our Community Grace blue shirts, which are available back there at the Resource Center. The first one was a creation conference, then Lego night. And then Easter celebration after services. And then service baptisms and lunch in the park. And then we ran the face painting and balloon booth at the county fair. And don't forget the golf cart that we ran the entire county fair. Maybe some of you got a ride from the golf cart. 
from the parking lot. Soccer camp was probably the biggest one, and it was fantastic. Then CG Create, a preschool art event earlier this month. Number nine will be in September 17th during our church campout weekend. Whether you're camping or not, you can come, and we're going to do some fun canvassing of this neighborhood where God planted this church. And then number 10 still needs to be scheduled. So do you have any ideas out there? For number 10. All right, number 17, every ministry with an outreach arm to engage the world. Every ministry. We're challenging. This is going to take some time for every ministry of the church to examine how can we be a force out in the community to spread the gospel. That's a great vision. Uh, Number 18, every man, woman, and child planting gospel seeds in their community and coming to church with an on-mission story every week. That was the goal that we set out in January that led to the Gospel Seeds sermon series that has the heart and idea behind it. We're going to turn this church inside out as we follow Jesus, the apostles' example, and his commission. So praise God for that. Number 19, pass out 2,000 Community Grace invitation cards in the community. The basket of 2,000 of them is dwindling down. It's almost empty. That's good news as long as these are getting out. Take a bundle of these on your way out, and this is something, planting gospel seeds. These have a nice message on them, and you just leave them around everywhere you go in the community. We have a lot of fun with that. Just leave them around and pray. Number 20, partner with other churches, parachurch organizations, uh, four times for community outreach. We're exploring some really neat things. We've done some neat things, and we have more in the works in regards to Worldview Workshop, the Coalition for Fostering and Adoption, Uh, spiritual counseling ministry, and some other things. Neat stuff. All as God directs. Number 21, give financial help. Number 22, give service help to people in our church family and our community. I just want to say thank you to the deacons and the people that run the community fund. We're helping people with all kinds of needs and giving the gospel to them as well. Keep it up. Number 23, identify two potential long-term missionaries. Are you out there? We've had two or three retire, and we do. We want to launch some long-term missionaries. If God's tapping you on the shoulder, come and talk to us about it. Talk to me about it. Number 24, develop the Fulani People Group Adoption Plan by the end of 2022. What God is doing through this, uh, there was a little bit of a slowdown because of COVID, but because of our partnerships with Three Strands and Compass Global Partners with the Taylors, Exciting things are developing with this great mission strategy to adopt one of the world's remaining unreached people groups and pour a concerted effort to reach them. And it works. And uh, does anybody want to go to Central African Republic next year? All right, let me know if you do. Number 25, develop a plan for ENL classes, that's English as a next language classes, and citizenship classes as bridges to the nations here in our community. We have met with some key players. Several of you have expressed interest in teaching those classes. Thank you. The next stages are coming soon in that exciting uh, goal. There are two more after the 25. Those are the 25 for this year. Just celebrate how things have been going. Every effort in them, I thank you. We have four months to go. Um, Let's keep it up. There are two more that have a longer-term vision by 2025 that are important to include. The first of those is to maximize the use of our campus after Lakeland Christian Academy leaves. The elementary school that meets here is going to move to their main campus in about two years. 
pray, I hope. Um, they've got a lot of fundraising to do and construction. But when they leave, this church will have use of its campus during the week for the first time in 60 years. And we're dreaming, what are we going to do with this great campus? Some of our ideas include sports outreach, education ministries here, parachurch partnerships, food bank, community activities, special needs ministry, and much more. We're in a season of prayer. Would you just pray what is the long-term vision we can offer this community on this campus right down in the city. Finally, the last one is fully developed Hispanic ministry with Hispanic staff member. Now that may morph into even launching a new Hispanic church out of community grace. And I just want to say to our Hispanic brothers and sisters, we love being a part of a church family together. What a blessing that is. I want to thank Jose and Rochelle, Laura and Ellie Vargas for giving leadership to the group and God is putting things into place, lots of things. So keep praying for that and keep saying, hola, como esta, everywhere we go. Let's just give a hand of thanks to God, would you, for this. He's good. We just need to be faithful. I want to give you a next step that we can all take as a family now. What? What can we do next? What can we do right now in this season? And this is for everyone. We need to, to join Jesus' vision this fall for maturing us as a church family. Invest in it. Participate in it. Here's what we have. You need the church family, and the church family needs you. That's God's design. That's Jesus' design for his church. So here are some ways. They're on the screen. You do the one that God's calling you to do right now. Not in a small group yet? Get in one. Now's the time. Baptism. Have you not been baptized yet, but you're a follower of Christ, a believer? It's time to get baptized. Church membership. If you haven't joined the church, that's a, that's a next level of commitment to the church and the church to you. You can write that on your communication card if you're interested. Join any of the ministry teams to get serving using your gifts. Wednesday prayer hours. Again, come to at least one of those the remainder of the year, we post their schedule. And then 25 goals, whichever ones you can contribute to. This is an exciting thing, time in our, in our church's life. Let me, let me end with making sure that you know the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus. You know, when sin entered the world, all of humans inherit a sin nature and were condemned before a holy God. But by his grace, he sent his own son, we call Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the promised one who would deliver us from our sin. And when we trust in him, his sacrifice on the cross that is infinite wipes away our sin, past, present, and future, closes us in Christ's righteousness. I hope all that makes sense because it's the answer to everything that feels like it's missing and void and wrong in your life and in society. Come to Jesus and today could be the day of your salvation when you get new life, born again, eternal life, and Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can do that right where you sit right now. If you have more questions, come and see me or write on your communication card. That's the most important thing, and that's why we're here. As a final benediction, I want to read Romans 15.5. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant us to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, that is our prayer. You are awesome. We're just trying to keep up, to be faithful, to worship you. 
And it is true, Ephesians 1 says, we've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Now it's the process of just growing in the knowledge and awareness of that and growing in the likeness of Jesus and how we walk. And we thank you for this setting, this church family. I pray everybody would get in a healthy church family and be an active part in it. Lord, we just pray for your vision. And we'll hold it loosely in case you want to correct it. But the things that we know, worshiping the king, maturing his family, engaging the world, pray that we'll be fully devoted. This is our prayer. We thank you for all that you're doing in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.